It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The NFL owners tonight uh, approved the return of the Los Angeles Rams to the market starting with the 2016 season. We all want to change the world. Tavon, near sideline. He spins away. Tavon, touchdown. Robert Quinn knocks it out, picking it up. Ethan Westbrook's 25-15. Touchdown, LA. But when you talk about destruction Gurley carries up the middle 15, far side 10 Gurley goes in, touchdown Caught by Michael The ball comes out Ogletree is on it The Rams have turned the Seahawks over To cap what should be a Rams victory Hello guys and welcome back To the Downtown Rams podcast I'm Jake Ellenbogen here with Blaine Grisak, and we're here to bring you everything you need to know about the Rams and our opinions on the Rams. Yes, we are back for another episode. Big news this week, Jake. We are we skipped last week. Um, I was traveling across the country. You were sick, so oh, I got a we, new mic by the way too. You got a big new mic, but yes. Um, but anyway, we, we we so we decided to skip um last week's episode. But from this point forward, we are doing um two episodes a week so lots to look forward to yeah uh, especially now with the rams playing uh it makes things so much better i mean if, if you like you really think about it you hone in on that and it's just like the fact that they're now playing i mean we're so close to football i know it's it's, it's getting scary, scary i'm getting antsy for the regular season just want to get here especially after last night's win against the raiders um that was a lot, a lot of fun to watch. But anyway, we'll get more into that. We have a jam-packed episode today. Um, we are, um, we interviewed Adam Lefko from Bleacher Report um, this past week, and I know you, you were um, really looking forward to that because he's one of he's he he co-hosts the Sims and Lefko podcast, and that's one of your top podcasts. So, um, lots to look forward to this episode. Without a doubt, um, I definitely enjoyed all our interviews. Uh, pretty cool. Um, we also are going to be interviewing, well, we already interviewed per se. Um, I had the honor of, uh, talking with Pete Holohan, so that, that'll be, that'll be fun as well. Yep, for sure. Um, so before we get started, as always, remember to subscribe and review us on iTunes. Um, and we are giving away an Aaron Donald's jersey if we hit 100 reviews prior to week one. Right now we're at 34, so keep those reviews coming. 
Um, and then I and just if wanna, you don't want Aaron Donald, we we could give away Sammy Watkins. We we, we could yes, he could be the first one to get a Sammy Watkins jersey. But um, anyway, just a milestone over, over the past two episodes. Our last two episodes have had over 200 downloads, which was by far our best. So keep those downloads coming. Keep, keep listening. Keep subscribing. Keep listening. Do what you got to do. Um, we really appreciate all the support. But now I'm going to move into some headlines. All right. So because we missed that last – because we skipped last week's episode, we didn't get a chance to talk about it. But the Rams traded away cornerback EJ Gaines in a second-round pick to the Buffalo Bills for Sammy Watkins and a sixth round pick. So um, overall, what, what were your, what was your grade on this trade and what were your thoughts? I give it a B. Uh, I mean, like, let's look at the facts. We can't grade it an A because, you know, even if, if a trade looks amazing on paper, um, it's still, we, we still have yet to see them play. So I would give it a B um, to be determined also because I think Watkins, if he gets a thousand yard season, plays at least fourteen games. I think it's an A grade. I mean, you know, yeah, they lose the second round pick, but to give you an idea of our second round picks before, um, Brian Quick, you know, Isaiah Pede. Oh, and by the way, the guy who was a second round pick, Roberto Aguayo, he just got cut, and the Bears picked him up, and he missed his first field goal with the Bears. So. I think it, that kind of – I'm not saying that's exactly you would pick in the second round because we got Gerald Everett. So hopefully that doesn't, you know, not pan out. But uh, it's just an idea. I mean, these guys are prospects. And at the end of the day, as much as I love my prospects, and you know I love prospects. I mean, I, I, I love this stuff. But the fact of the matter is you're getting a player, if he stays healthy – He's a top 10 receiver and maybe top five. I mean, he has all the talent in the world. He just needs to put it together uh, in a full, you know, healthy season. He also, I can't stress this enough, um, you know, he has been in an offense that really hasn't honed in on any of his talent. I mean, um, you could say the same thing about the Rams' offense, though, because, like, quite frankly, b- b- the Rams, the Rams, the b- Buffalo offense was bad, but the Rams' offense was worse. But um, I, I guess. I mean, I, I agree with you. This has potential to be an A-plus trade. Like, Sammy Watkins is without question the Rams' best receiver since since Torrey Holt um, was, was on the team, and that seems like, that's what, 10, 10 years ago now? So it's been a while since the Rams have had a receiver of this caliber. Um, my only concerns are, I'll start with, I guess you mentioned it quite a bit, if he stays healthy. Um, Sammy Watkins has played a full season just once in his career. He missed half the season last year, missed three games a season before. And then his rookie season, he, that was the only season he played all 16. So that's one of my concerns. My second concern is that this is that Watkins is in the last year of his deal. So there's no guarantee that he does re- resign in, in, in Los Angeles with the Rams. There's no guarantee that, that, that he stays. And at that point, you, you just basically wasted a second round pick. And those second round picks, you, you don't just, give him away like 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 a second round pick can become a long long term starter for your football team so hopefully the rams do end up extending Watkins. Um, my third concern is getting rid of ej Gaines. now ej Gaines also had his injury concerns however i think we saw last night that you know the rams were without Kayvon webster and the um the raiders defense completely or the Raiders offense completely shredded the Rams defense. It, it, Derek Carr was having a field day in, in, in the preseason. Uh, so I, I just don't think Rams have the depth at secondary that is, is ideal and, and is, you know, 
EJ Gaines probably on his best day is a number two corner, but at the very least, you know, he's a good depth guy to have. And the Rams lost that. And with Tremaine Johnson probably not coming back next year, you know, Gaines' contract was also up, but he's a guy that you can sign cheap and, and you know, keep in your rotation um, in, in a secondary. So those are my concerns. However, I am very excited about this trade. Um, like I said, you know, Watkins is a talented guy. He's one of the three guys that I, I would have taken at number two, not named Greg Robinson. So overall, I, I am I am excited. It's it's going to be fun to see what he does, what he develops with Goff. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I would make the argument. Uh, we actually do have um, depth. It's just, it's very uncertain depth, okay? Because you, uh, also, I want to point out that Nickel Ruby Coleman was out yesterday as well. Um, so, that that's a guy that they really value as he can play inside and outside. They believe so. He was out. Uh, Webster was out, and really, what you saw is I think it was more so Troy Hill just got burned. I mean, he just he had a rough time. Uh, Jermaine Johnson played pretty well, and in the next unit, uh, I thought Kevin Peterson, our guy, played really well. Uh, Blake Countess, who can play cornerback and the safety position, played really well. He was the highest grade player in that game. Um, and I really, um, in that that sense, I think really Troy Hill just kind of made us like ma- made the secondary look worse than it really was. He missed uh, multiple. Um, multiple yeah, I, 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 I mean, instead of Troy Hill, that could have been EJ Gaines. Like EJ Gaines is a clearly more talented guy than Troy Hill. Um, but I, 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 I mean, the, 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 the Rams, I mean, I, I do think they have upside at, at the depth. Like, Blake Harris had a good game. It was one good game, but we'll, we'll, we'll Mike see Jordan there. Was out um, too. Yeah, I mean, Mike Jordan had a good game against the Cowboys, and I mean, I, I do like Kevin Peterson. But uh, moving on to our second headline, um, Aaron Donald turned down an offer last week because it didn't include a third-year option to opt out. So, um, which is absurd. I think that if the Rams are going to sign him long-term, they definitely want that long-term security. But so with that said, you know, a deal still isn't done. We're halfway through the preseason now officially. So does this holdout last into the regular season? Like, I mean, Adam Lefko pointed out in the interview, you know, the Rams defense is scary with Aaron Donald and it takes a significant step back without him. Well, I, uh, here's my thing. I think Aaron Donald ultimately, uh, will come back before the preseason is over. Um, maybe, and just maybe, I don't, maybe I'm wrong, but I almost believe Todd France is advising Aaron Donald to hold out so he doesn't play at all and risk anything. I'm kind of starting to feel that way. No idea why. Um, the third year option would be, it's just so unrealistic in today's football. I mean, it's just not. Uh, the last play that I can re- the last play I can even recall having an option. I, I remember Stephen Jackson. I think was he opted out of his final year of his yeah. final year with the Rams, and Isaac Bruce might have had the option. I'm not sure, but I, I do vaguely remember that um, Jackson did have that option. But it's not a common thing in, in in the in the NFL like it is in the NBA, where you have that one plus one. No, you're right. It's not it's not common, and I think really like the big issue here is that. Yeah, everybody wants to point to the NBA, and it's a game of fifty-three guys. And you need to keep in mind that, you know, eat. Like the other day, someone said something where I forget who said this, but they were like, "Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the NFL should just increase the salary cap." While I would agree with you there, um, because you know all the owners kind of decide on the cap, 
the issue we have is that once you increase the salary cap, players don't think about the team. They think about themselves. So um, you increase the salary cap. Right now, what is that, Blaine? Like $169 million? It's like $163 million, something like that. It's in, it's in that yeah. range. If you increase that to 200 220 or something, you're just going to have the top-tier players stealing all of it. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that's wrong, and I don't blame them. But at the same time, it's like it doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything anything it doesn't give you anything extra it doesn't mean you can hold on to an extra guy players are ultimately going to want more i mean as as the more as the value increases i, I mean you see, you see with these contracts like t- 10 years ago quarterbacks weren't making 20 million dollars a year like absolutely the, the, the salary cap has just slowly increased and as the salary cap slowly has increased you have players that's the, the top players making more and more and more money like that that's just how it works but i am hoping this doesn't last till to the regular season i would I, I would think that i would hope that this gets done before week one but we'll see um i hope that something gets done within the next week or two i would anticipate that something would get done in the next week or two it looked like the rams did that they are trying to get this done they offered him a pretty good deal um last week so you know i think they'll continue to work and hopefully come up with some sort of compromise but our last headline is comes from a player that I think all of Rams Nation is really excited for, and that is Cooper Cup. He has eight receptions for 108 yards in two preseason games, which ranks 12th among receivers in the preseason. So, with that said, what what's going to be expected of this rookie? Because quite honestly, like all all the experts have said it since the beginning. You know, he's a he's a like he's a rookie, but he plays like a veteran. Like he's so smart. His route running is so smooth. Like I, it's hard not to not, not to like consistently, constantly watch him throughout these games because he's 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 he sticks out. Yeah, so um, it it's funny because last podcast we did, I mentioned um that that Pete Prisco thing, and you're like, I'm gonna temper my expectations and uh, whatnot. Well, that, that's, um, let's not get too far ahead. I'm still tampering my expectations. It's a preseason, but. I'm just saying, you know, what can like this is a rookie, but he's playing like a second or third year, fourth year guy. Well, but that's what I was trying to explain to you is yeah. that, you know, maybe maybe we do have to temper our expectations. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but the fact of the matter is this: Cooper Cup is what 24 years old. Yeah. He's above and beyond what a rookie is. He's played, and and here's the argument you can make: Yes, he's played. In lesser competition, sure, Eastern Washington, but he's also played the Pac-12. He played Sidney Jones, Kevin King, and destroyed them. So, like, he's played against actual competition on the outside at corner. He's just he he has succeeded, and I think now what you're seeing is, you know, hey, anyone can make the argument he was wide open because, um, you know, the cornerback last night just didn't you know, follow his uh, assignment, whatever. I don't care. Cooper Cup, did, it wasn't just one catch. Cooper Cup showed, Bra- uh, oh my God, I almost called he's, him Bradford. He's, he's, he showed he's in, it's in the right place at the right time. I mean, the first preseason yeah. game, he's there to recover the fumble in the end zone. You know, last game he's wide open because he, was, he you know, the, the defender got confused, but he still found the open open field and um, Goff threw a beautiful touch pass, but well, Goff had. I was just looking at it, and Goff had Robert Woods wide open for a first down, and he he was he was 
just he was open, you know. Mm-hmm. It was third down, and you can argue, okay, Goff missed his read. No, no, no. Goff looks at him, and then looks at covered Co- Cooper Cup, and was like, I think I'm gonna go with Cup. I think he has more of a chance of actually completing this. See, that's insane because now Goff and Cup are creating this r- rapport with each other. And it's you know it's only going to grow as we get more into the season. Yeah, so for sure, I mean, for we're sure. not I, I, I think that I, Cooper, like, I mean, not to make I guess comparisons, but I, but Cooper Cup could very easily be what Danny Amendola was to Sam Bradford in his in his rookie year. Like he's that reliable. I mean, I, I think Cup's a little more dynamic and a little more. Um, I think he, he can play outside and in, and inside um, where Danny Amendola is probably strictly a slot guy, but um, Cup, I think, has a potential to be that, you know, that that reliable guy that, that Goff can count on every single down, and I think you're starting to see that um, in, throughout just two preseason games. Yeah, I actually, um, go, looking back at my notes, I compared Cooper Cup to Keenan Allen. Um, I, I think Keenan Allen fell in the draft strictly off the fact he didn't run a good 40. I mean, just look at his 40. You're in a 4-6-8. Cooper Cup didn't run a good 40. I don't know why he fell in the draft, though, because everyone knew that he was going to run well. It was almost as though Keenan Allen, everyone expected him to run at least a 4-5. And he, he came out and ran that and fell. Cooper Cup, though, it's like I saw something on this. I, I Some Sports Illustrated guy tweeted this. And, you know, stuff like that just falls into your news feed and it's gold. Um, and the guy was like, so I don't understand. If if we knew Cooper Cup was this good, we praised him all pre-draft process. We said he could catch everything. He can run the best routes possible. He's just a pro's pro. He's, you know, if, if we said all this, why did we wait until the third round to take him? Yeah, not the Rams, but I mean just the NFL in general. Like this is a guy that everyone. Was the, the, talking the, about. I mean these are, these are guys that teams miss on all the time. Though they, they they let them pass through every round because they played against lesser competition or they didn't run a, like that's why the forty yard dash literally is I think it's pointless because you running forty yards in a dead sprint with with no pads on it is is different than doing it in a football game like i i just it's it's i i think it's irrelevant but yeah um, and don't get me wrong cooper cup does look exactly fast uh but he's quick and he's sneaky he has some sneaky strength i don't know if you've seen him release off the line of scrimmage and one guy tried to jam him he came right back and he he jammed the guy that was trying to jam i him. mean the, that big sky conference is is pretty physical like you, you, you like I mean, you're playing against teams from Montana, Montana State, and and um, and I, I guess I mean he did play against the Pac-12, but you're playing in a pretty physical physical conference. Yeah, definitely. All right, so um, our first topic, um, something that like I think the biggest takeaway from the from the game last night is the Rams' offense. Uh, Jared Goff, Goff, sixteen for twenty for 160 yards, um, had had the touchdown pass to two cup had just. He was on fire, 17 points. It looked you, – you, you take last year's offense and this year's offense and they look nothing alike. It's it's incredible. So with that said, is it time to believe in this Rams offense? Because after an inclu- inc- inconclusive first game where, you know, we didn't see a lot of the offense against the Cowboys, the offense scored 17 points in the first half. Goff led, like I said, two touchdown drives. Um, so is it time to, you know, is, is this type of offense we can expect week in and week out 
or you know, it was this just a bad Raiders defense with a, or a bad Raiders secondary um, rather, and the Rams taking advantage of that. Well, it's funny because I actually do think you can buy into this Rams offense. I think they're they have a chance to be top fifteen at the end of the year, guaranteed. Um, they have a chance. Now, you can buy in the fact that they've improved. You can buy in the fact that Goff has improved. Everyone around them has improved from last year. Um, my biggest concern was going to be, can they hold on to the football? And that was the huge thing that I noticed. Sean McVay, as opposed to a Jeff Fisher, Jeff Fisher saying, we'll fix it. Sean McVay not saying it and just fixed it. Yeah. Um, Sean McVay, I know for a fact um, we had James Lamar out there, our own James Lamar, and uh, you know some other people have told me from camp that Sean McVay worked on uh, fumbling, well, fumbling drills, but like you know ball security, um, all week. Like it, it opened up practice every single week. That is what opened up practice. So it looks to me like Sean McVay flashed something that was honestly like Bill Belichickian like you know what I mean like I was really impressed to see that <laughs> I mean I, I, I'm not about to, to say he's the next Bill Belichick like I this is this is one preseason game like no, no I, I, I still th- I still think see. yeah I mean it was impressive like I'm, I'm not gonna sit here and say it wasn't impressive and I'm not excited for what the offense is gonna look like throughout the season I still think you, you know I, I, I is there a chance they can be top 15 offense of course there is like anything could happen but i still think that you know there's going to be inconsistencies like this is still a second year quarterback learning a new system with new receivers with you know basically a brand new offensive line like it's going to take time to grow this isn't going to be something that happens overnight um it's going to be inconsistent throughout this throughout the season and i i i've i'm going to say stay true to that this is an offense that i think ranks somewhere between the 20 to 25 range and i i think that should be the ex- that should be the expectation, and I, I think that's where they end up. Because I mean, just just look at the Rams' schedule. They play the Colts. The Colts they, they have a top cornerback in, in um, Vontae Davis. Um, the next week they play the Redskins. They have Josh Norman. Um, you got the Seahawks twice, and of course that secondary is no joke. The Jaguars have Bouye and um, the kid from Florida State was his name. Um, oh, I can't think of it. Um, do you got it, Jake? Oh, uh, Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey. Um, the Cardinals, Patrick Peterson, obviously. The Giants, you got Janoris Jenkins, who was no joke last year. And um, and Dominic Rogers, Camardi. And Dominic, yeah, exactly. I see what you're saying. This is exactly why they brought in Sammy Watkins because it, it, Chris Carter brought this up uh, the other day, and he was basically saying, "Look, if you're drafting uh, from scratch, you draft two really good receivers." Now there's no double-team opportunity. You can't double-team anyone on this Rams roster if Cooper Cup ends up panning out. Robert Woods is solid. And now, honestly, you're looking at the fact that, I mean, Sammy Watkins, once he gets hold of this offense, he's going to be a problem. Yeah, no, um, uh, there's definitely definitely potential for that. That's that, that's for sure. I, I'm 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 still kind of concerned on how quickly he learns the he learns the offense and how often they'll be able to use him because he did he did come into camp late. Um, but I'm I'm sure McVay will find out find a way to use him. But like I said, I, it's not that I don't believe in this Rams offense. You, you, I I I was watching that. 
I was watching the game last night, and I couldn't help but be excited. You know, Jared Goff standing in the pocket, standing strong, and he he has defenders in his face, and he's hitting Gerald Everett on the sideline, um, and he and Everett makes a ridiculous athletic move to make and the I defender def- right after yeah that. To, to make the defender miss and picks up the first down, and then it was a couple of plays later, um, Goff rolls right and has a defender right in his face again, and and. You know, last year, I, I, there's a throw in particular where, where Goff just blatantly misses a wide-open Brian Click in the end zone, and it, that, that was a, a big misplay because I, I don't think the Rams ended up scoring a touchdown on that drive. But he stands strong. He, he, the defender's there, but it doesn't bother him, he, and he still delivers a beautiful touch pass to I mean, Cooper Cup was wide open, but he still got the throw there, and that's exciting to see. Um, I, I, game three is where teams start to show a little more. The starters are out there. Like I, I don't know how long Goff will be on them. I mean, he played the first half, and I, I expect him to play the first half once again um, next week against the Chargers. Um, but it, I, I, I'm excited to see the offense grow. I, I think it's still going to be a. I think it's going to be a process, but I, it's going to be a fun process to watch. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it, it's funny because with Goff. There's only one negative that you could even have of yesterday, and that was when you took the sack on Khalil Mack. Um, you know, obviously you want to see him get the ball out quicker. Yeah, uh, the you, you, hand, would, you would like him to get the ball out quicker, but Everett, and, Everett, Everett, and, Everett and Higby were on Khalil Mack, and yeah. he blew him up. Like, that's that's unexcusable. Yeah, that wasn't very uh, McVay-like. I, I, and you know McVay just... Just talking. I, I mean, I, I don't mind putting two tight ends on, on him. I I, I I mind that they they basically weren't open, but that they were just a, a door and let him just walk right through. Basically, like it, it just it, it wasn't an impressive effort on their part. But um, it, I mean, Goff like he can't hold on hold on to the ball that long. Um, he probably should have gotten rid of it, but the blocking wasn't impressive either. No, I I thought the blocking as a whole got better. Um, I still think that right guard position has to be wide open. Javon Brown, really, he uh, he struggled, I think. And I think if you threw in a, a healthy uh, Andrew Denal, I think he would take that spot. Um. Yeah. I. I. I don't know. I. I, I still think the. I mean, the Rams seem to have, seem to have put some good weapons around Goff this season. Um. And they seem to have fixed the wide receiver core in one offseason, which is quite incredible. But you know, right now they have stop gaps on the offensive line. They have Andrew Whitworth. He's 30, 34, 35 years old. He's not the long-term solution, obviously. You have you have Sullivan at center. He's 32. Um, Roger Saffold, he's getting up there in age. He is, let me check on his age. I believe he, he's, he's at least 30-plus. Oh, he's 29. Um, so he's probably has another, i say, three to four good years in him, decent years in him. Um, and aside from that, like the, the Rams are going to have to put in a more effort next. I think that they, they address it in the draft for sure to, to start rebuilding this offensive line. Cause that, that has to be next on the agenda. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. Um, they, you know, it'll be fun too, to watch. I mean, Hey, right now, stop gaps. They, it, I look at it like this. Your ship kind of has some holes in it right now. And you just kind of put some, like, duct tape over it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's you like... ran out of duct tape, and you basically have until that ship starts, like, those holes start getting bigger. And then you have to result to finding something else. You might have to go out into the, the fetus environment and find something else to fix your ship. And with the Rams, 
that probably leads to the NFL draft. So, yes, going back to what you said with the second-round pick, that could hurt because that could really limit them if you also want to make the argument. Like, I firmly believe the Rams picking cornerback from Alabama, Minka Fitzpatrick, would be an awesome replacement for Trumaine Johnson. But now you're kind of in the, the whole, I mean, do the Rams pull the trigger on, you know, Connor Williams or somebody like that? You know what I mean? Like, they might want to draft a offensive tackle to take over Whitworth sooner than later uh, before because we saw Greg Robinson, and although he never developed, those offensive tackles take a long time to develop. They and do, yeah. They're not a guarantee. So, you know, obviously um, anyone could say, well, yeah, you know, once Andrew Whitworth's contract expires or once he sucks, then we'll go and get – but the problem with that is then you're just throwing a guy into the fire. You yeah. want to have the guy kind of behind Whitworth, and who knows? Maybe you can throw him at right guard um, or throw him at left guard and move Saffold to right guard. You know what I mean? Like it's It just seems like the waiting game isn't smart in this case, and I do believe no, the Rams have put off the offensive line um, way too much in, in past years and it, it, it's 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 cost them and and so and now they're they, they need to try to fix it sooner rather than later um but you know that this rams offense is going to be interesting to see as, as as the rest of the preseason goes on and um i'm really looking forward to week one against the indianapolis colts that, that that should be a fun a fun game and we'll see how the offense does throughout its first real real action per se but with that said um this this Seems like a perfect opportunity to get to our interview with Adam Lefko. Um, he's featured on Bleacher Report. He does a Sims and Lefko podcast, so um, be sure to subscribe and give them a five star view. It's, it's it, Jake and I listen to it. It's it's pretty great. Um, but with that said, here's Adam Lefko from Bleacher Report. All right, joining us right now on the Downtown Rams podcast. You've seen him on Bleacher Report. You've heard him on the Sims and Lefko podcast as well as the lesser-known Crossing broadcast. His name is Adam Lefko. How you doing, Adam? Thanks for joining us today. Because those Uptown Rams dudes are a waste of my time, and they're bums. So I'm happy to be with you guys. <laughs> we appreciate that, Thank Adam. <laughs> um, all right, I want to get right into it. The biggest story in Rams camp right now is the holdout of Aaron Donald. Clearly, this is a guy that deserves to get paid, but the Rams are getting a bargain, paying one of the best, one of the three best defensive players in football, less than ten million dollars a year. Whose side are you? Whose side are you in? Whose side are you on in all this? And do you believe this lasts into the regular season? I so look, Sims and Lefko. We always say we're the players' first podcast, and we before the year listed off like the top three guys that we thought should hold out to try and change the market. Now, this sucks for the Rams, but our three guys were Odell, Le'Veon Bell, Aaron Donald. Sims has learned, and we've talked about this on the podcast, that Odell, they're working on a contract. We see Le'Veon's holding out, and we see Aaron Donald's holding out. Now, Le'Veon legitimately, lawfully cannot get a new deal. So the only guy of the three that we're looking at right now and going, man, he might actually do the holdout is Aaron Donald. It's for me, it's unfortunate because I just went through the Rams roster. And if he's not playing, this defense drops off dramatically. Um, I could see him holding out. Uh, I really could. But I also think that as we get closer to the season, that's when the teammates start calling. 
that's when the press starts getting a little upset. That's when fans start to really turn on you. Um, but I, I think it could happen, guys, and it's going to be enormous. He's going to get paid, like whether it's this year through what he's doing right now or later, later on, he is going to because that is a franchise corner so that you build around. But, look, if he's going to hold out, it's not going to be for the whole year. If you skip nine games and you come back, as long as you play six, that counts as a league year because if he were to skip the whole year, then he's still in the same year in his rookie contract. So I don't think it'll be for the entire season, but missing some games is how players get leveraged. So we'll see. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, obviously we'd hate to see that happen. Uh, we love Aaron and uh, he, he's done so much for a franchise that, I mean, let's be real here. It's been seven to nine, eight and eight, six and 10, whatever. And then yes, you know, last year you have the four and 12 season and just to see guys, you know, push through that. I mean, we saw Aaron in his his rough moments, you know, throwing the helmet, you know, week one, getting ejected. Uh, but he's, you know, he's really stayed true to the Rams. And I mean, it has left some fans kind of upset. I mean, it's going to happen. It's a business. It's, so you know, it's a shame. You you obviously never want to see a holdout. Um, do you think that? Uh, Wait, so were you, you know, guys with, with Aaron the one Donald's that holdout? Put up were you guys the one that put up the article about Todd France and his history with players and yes. holdouts? Was that you guys? Yes, I was. So just what, what ask did you, you guys see? Like, yeah, what, like that's that's the interesting thing too. When you look at the agent, is this is sort of a move that he's done? And props to you guys for kind of listing out the names of the guys that have done the holdout. But um, yeah, that that's huge, especially because I look at your offense right now and I see a ton of potential. I see Tavon Austin finally in a role that more suits him, which is not a number one, but more of that number three, number four option, because Sammy and, and Robert Woods should definitely take over the reins there. I look at you guys have gotten some really interesting flex tight ends. I think you have a, a top five offensive mind in the NFL and Sean McVay to go out there and get a Whitworth, who was arguably the top tackle available in the market. Uh, I love a lot of the moves you guys did to surround Jared Goff. But then, like, I start looking at your defense and I go, man, I just – I don't see the amount of talent that I did in recent years. Like, yeah, I, I look at your D-line and you got a six-round pick right now starting. Uh, I, I don't see a lot of depth in terms of big guys that without Aaron Donald. Uh, at rooting for Connor Barwin, he's a good player when he was with the Eagles, but I don't see a ton of stuff. And then I look at your secondary and I, I get a little worried, but you know, Aaron changes that whole defense. And then if your defense can attack, which is what he does, and you combine that with an offense that could attack, I could see you guys having a good year. And that of course comes down to Jared golf, but Donald is man. He is the key. He's a top 10 player in the NFL. So in, in regards to Jared Goff, you, you host the Sims and Lefko podcast, podcast with Chris Sims, who plays some quarterback in the NFL. Is it even possible for him to get better? He had such a bad off offensive coach last year and no offensive line, but even still, he was pretty awful. I think he can definitely get better. I think that uh, what we have said on the podcast multiple times is we have been doubters of Jared Goff. Uh, I do not like uh, recency bias. And that's something that I've worked hard to try and get better at as an evaluator, uh, where if you meet someone and you have a bad introduction, people tend to go, 
oh, man, I don't like him. He's not a good guy because of one meeting. And when we met Jared Goff, it, it was at the Super Bowl, and we had just met Joey Bosa, and we had just met Carson Wentz. We had met all these people. And it, it was just this thing where, like, he didn't look us in the eye, and he gave us, like, this weak handshake, and it just messed up our evaluations of him completely because we were like, this guy's going to go in and lead the room. And then I went and I watched the All for Nothing, and, or All or Nothing on, on uh, Amazon. And I was like, oh, you know what? Let me see, like, the full thing, not just the hard knocks. And every time he went into the huddle, and it was like, guys, we've got to do this. We've got to win, whatever. I was like, I'm not feeling anything. And then I watched Jameis Winston on Hard Knocks, which, look, it's hard to compare anybody to Jameis. But I'm like, dude, I am ready to strap on a bazooka and go to war right now for this dude. My thing with Goff is, I think you nailed it on the head. He has one of the better offensive minds, an offensive line, a running back that should be talented, and now has weapons at receiver. I mean, Farrow Cooper was one of the big guys for you guys last year. Now he's like five or six in terms of just wide receivers, not even offensive options. The fact that Rob Boris was the offensive coordinator last year was crazy. It was crazy. Like when that, when he got hired, I was like, this man's never done this before. And you're going to put him in the room with the quarterback and like hopeful. And, and then also the fact that he was learning from Case Keenum. Here's my thing. Rob Boris and Case Keenum are great guys, but Carson Wentz was surrounded by three former quarterbacks that were coaches. They had John DiFilippo that was an offensive coordinator. They had Frank Reich, which was an offensive coordinator for Phillip Rivers. Then, of course, you have Doug Peterson, who he himself was an offensive coordinator. And in the room, you had, um, what's his face? The, the short guy that played for Missouri uh, that just went back to New Orleans. Chase Daniel? Yes, Chase yes. Daniel, who worked under Drew Brees for all of those years and learned Drew Brees' work ethic and then passed that along to Carson Wentz. And that's why everyone's excited about Carson right now because he had all these dudes helping mold him. And I look at Jared Goff and it's like he had nothing. So I think that I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to give Jared Goff time because he is a talented quarterback. When he was at Cal, there's a reason that everyone got really excited. My only other take would be Les Snead didn't do a good job of surrounding his rookie quarterback from the beginning with weapons and instructors to make him better. And he sold Rams fans a lie, an absolute lie, that they took Jared Goff because he was more ready to start right away. And then said, we're not going to play him for the seven weeks because that's what we've been planning all along. You need to pick one of those stories and stick with it. And yeah. and it's just, I, I think they lie to everybody. Welcome to the life of a Rams fan, Adam. Um, Adam that was yeah, so certainly. spot on, honestly. Got to give you props for that. I know a lot of people. Good stuff. Um, you know, we, we can bring anybody on here uh, to talk Rams. And you can, you know, pick out if someone actually knows what they're talking about. Not saying anyone has done that here. Um, but you truly know what you're talking about. I think, you know, your football knowledge is very underrated. And I think because you're such a personality and everyone loves you as a personality, I oftentimes think that, you know, sometimes everyone's all like, well, you know, Chris Sims is a football guy. Well, Chris Sims is a football guy. He is a phenomenal football guy. But I think you also are very good at what you do. So props to you, man. I appreciate that, man. Well, you know what? Like, I would sit there with Sims and he would explain things to me 
And I think that if, as long as you listen, uh, you can actually learn a lot. And I think we would sit down in the beginning and Sims would get frustrated with me because I'd be like, oh, he stinks or whatever. And he'd be like, you're not even watching. He's like, you're on your phone right now. <laughs> and uh, so what would happen is, is I went, man, I've always wanted to watch film. And we would sit down and we would look at this screen of 22 little dots on it. And Sims would go, man, that was a hell of a move by Aaron Donald. And I was like, wait, which one's Aaron Donald? Oh and my God. <laughs> I just kind of, I just, I just, you know, cause you can't even tell, or he'd be like, man, Kayvon Webster's got some fresh kicks on. And I would like stand next to the monitor and be like, how can you even make out the shoes? And I just realized that he was someone that was so into it that for me, I went, Oh, I'm just going to suck all this knowledge and, and take it. And I think the other thing is too, is I'm a, I naturally don't believe storylines when I hear them. And I, I wish more people can, can do that with, with everything in life, but especially with sports is just because everyone says that someone sucks doesn't mean they suck. And just because everyone says that this guy is great or he's clutch, that's just like, they're not paying attention. And, um, you know, it's like last night, I, I was just saying this before, you know, my girlfriend is sitting there and she's reading and I'm sitting there with the, the Seahawks Vikings game on mute. And I'm just, I'm taking note on Jerron Reed's push up the middle. Like, I love this stuff. Like, it, it, and what you begin to realize is not everyone is watching all of the games. Like, all these people that are on TV, and I hear them talk, and I go, they're saying catchphrases. They're saying, quote, he's a winner. Things like, you know, he really, he's a grinder. And I'll, I'm like, dude, I don't think these guys are watching. And as you begin to watch more, it becomes more and more evident, and it's fun. Like, what we're talking about right now is a blast. Yeah, Adam, uh, spot on. And actually, I want to bring up something. Blaine and I had Charles Davis on here um, a couple weeks ago. Oh, and, uh, sorry. Charles is the man. We love Charles. Um, Charles yeah. literally straight up said, he's like, it, it's a different, you know, era now. You have us, Blaine and I, watch film. You have... You know, Adam Lefko yourself, you watch film. Not all these guys watch film that call the games. Not all these guys know everybody. And I think that that was one really good point that uh, Charles Davis brought up. And he basically said, he's like, you know, now we have to be on our, our best, uh, you know, our best performance. We have to do our homework. He's like, before, you know, that, that wasn't the case. And it's kind of like now you have access to all the same stuff they do. Before, they were the ones yep. teaching you. Now, hey, you might know more than they do. So, you know, actually, yeah, but, but, it, go on. No, to, to, to what you're saying, before it was, trust me, I have the game film. Yes, and you would go, exactly. oh, man, he has the game film. <laughs> and now, it's, now it needs to be, trust me, I know what I'm looking at when I watch the game film. Because oh, you can go there, and, and I see it all the time on, on Twitter. People put up like a gif of like a guy getting beat and they're like, Oh, he stinks. And then like, remember the D Ford play from two years ago where he like did a spin and everyone's like, well, D Ford's a bust. And then he came out last year and, and I think had like a round double digit sacks. So that's the thing too, is these like prevailing notions come out where everyone agrees on something, but I, I will, I will test this to anyone. I, I try and do it every year and about like week six, week seven, I fall off is I try and watch the cut-ups on NFL Game Pass of every single game. 
And you, you begin to realize that you need to, like, it's easy to say I watch the game film, but to actually watch every game when there is about, you know, 15, 14, 15, 16 games a week, it's, it takes up, like, days. And, and that's why I say that I don't think anyone watches more film than Sims because he watches every game, and it's literally impossible to watch more games than him. And I know that not everybody is watching every game. And it, it really is a job. And if it's not your job, it's really hard to do because you can't skip watching film. Like, it's everything, but not everyone does it. Yeah, that definitely. Um, now, I, I want to get your opinion on, on the Rams-Sammy Watkins trade th- this past week. Now, mm. um, he, he's arguably the most talented receiver the Rams have had since Torrey Holt. But he's had his, his injury problems, and, and I mean, he, he wasn't, I guess – what Buffalo expected him to be. How do you think he does in McVay's offense? And I guess, does he help Jared Goff take that next step? I think, look, if we could guarantee that he's healthy, then I think you guys got an absolute steal. And I think that, that you guys, I think the Rams and the Eagles benefited from the bills trying to make a coaching change. Sammy Watkins is a lot more talented than Jordan Matthews, who they got from the Eagles. And Ronald Darby is a lot more talented than EJ Gaines, who they got from you guys. But the Bills wanted draft picks because they realized they're not winning this year, especially in the same division as the Patriots. And thus they gave up more talented guys. Sammy, man. I mean, when this guy came out, remember that he was in the same draft as Odell, Mike Evans, Brandon Cooks, like Allen Robinson. And he was far and away the number one prospect. It's also, though, the reason that people need to be a little bit more, more wary, or like wary when you draft Clemson players because we've seen a lot of guys be successful, DeAndre Hopkins, and we're hoping on Sammy and all their running backs and all that, but they don't run a lot of routes in college, and thus it's easy to just think they're explosive because they jump and they run straight. They run slants and they run goes, and that's really it. But what it could mean – for golf is enormous. I think Robert Woods is going to have a really good year too. Uh, and then every, he has to, because everyone's going to talk about his contract and how it seems crazy, but I think he's very underrated right now. I also think there's no player that's more excited for a change of scenery than Sammy Watkins, Sammy Watkins and Ronald Darby. I read their quotes in like the days afterwards. And they were like, I am so excited to be here. This is exactly what I needed. And I read quotes from Jordan Matthews, and E.J. Haynes, and they were like, man, this is just part of the business. And that's the difference between when you're going to Buffalo and when you're leaving exactly. Buffalo. Sammy is, Sammy is a star. Sammy really is a star. Like, when you, when you kind of meet him, he's got that good energy to him. He's got the smile and all that stuff. He also now has a quarterback that is going to be dropping in the pocket and throwing it where he's supposed to be and an offensive coordinator that can get creative with him. And the whole time, I'm not even talking about Cooper Cup, who in the first preseason game, the way he – I don't want to talk about his route running because everyone that talks about Cooper Cup, it's the same thing. What a great route runner. He plays like he's a veteran. He's so mature. He, <laughs> all those things are true. But for me, like Cooper Cup at his peak will be a very good number two. Like that's what I think Cooper Cup is going to be. But look, man, if you can find those guys and have them for eight, nine, ten years – 
maybe that's more valuable than a flashy guy like a Deshaun Jackson that's only there for three, four years but has elite-level speed. But I think if, if he is healthy, you guys got the number one receiver that Goff would need. And I look at your wide receiver core and I go, man, they totally rebuilt this with Sammy and Robert and Cooper and Tavon now in that what will be for Sean McVay, that Jamison Crowder role that he had out there. Cooper yeah. Cup will be sort of that Pierre Garçon. Um, and then, you know, you hope that Sammy can be that Deshaun Jackson. Um, that's kind of how it all kind of fits together. And then Robert Woods is that, that do everything piece. He doesn't have a Jordan Reed uh, yet. Like, I don't know if Higby and those guys are going to be that good. But, yeah, McVay has pieces. And I, just the vibe he gives, he's very Gruden-esque. Yeah. Uh, when Sims watched him just, like, talking, he was like, man, he kind of reminds me of that, that young John Gruden. But, um, no, I, I really like the pieces. It's just about Sammy being healthy, which is his whole entire career. For sure. So before we before we let you go, we want to run you through about three to four questions. You can call it our gauntlet, per se. Um, so we'll start off with an easy one. What's your favorite beer? Nice. My favorite beer. My favorite beer is tequila. <laughs> <laughs> I am a, I am yeah, a tequila great drinker. If I, ha- if I had to drink beer, uh, I would go with Yingling because it's, it's like a Philly beer. Yeah. yeah. And then um, – and it's not everywhere. So it's, it's like not even that good, but because I can't get it everywhere, it's seen as better in my mind. But yeah, my favorite beer is tequila. Wow. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> um, so, Adam, we actually had uh, Connor Rogers on here. My guy. Yeah, he is the man, I got to say. But, uh, He's a good dude. We uh we asked him a funny question that kind of went along the lines of stick to football because we listen to both your podcasts they both kick ass sure but, uh, oh, that's that's awesome but uh yeah so we we asked him a question um if the Rams 2017 season was a beer what would they be and he he said Modelo um wh- what would you say uh, if the Rams season was well, let a me do beer? this so what 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 tequila would the Rams season be? <laughs> that's um, that's where I was going for that. <laughs> gotcha. I'm gonna say, hmm. okay. I'm gonna say it's a Salsa Blanco, and what I mean by that is uh, when people hear it, they go, "I don't, I don't know what that is." But for me, it's like one of the best well tequilas that's out there. So you're not a Casamigos, you're not a you're not a Patron, like the, like you're not a 1942, which is like a $200 bottle. That's the Patriots. But you're this you're this tequila where if you just ordered tequila and they brought it, you go, this is actually pretty good. Um, you just don't know what it is, and that's sort of how I feel about the Rams, where it's like they have some pieces. I just don't know, like I don't know what the Rams' identity is yet. Like, are they gonna are they gonna be a, a pounding team with Todd Gurley to set up the pass? Are they gonna be a spread out type of team that lets Gurley run in space? Is is Aaron Donald gonna be there? Will the defense be good? I mean, Wade Phillips may have been the number one acquisition that you that you guys actually got this off season. So I don't think people know what it is, but I do think it's gonna be pretty good. All right, so now, like now, now, now I'm going to steal a segment from your lesser-known podcast, Crossing Broadcast. If you could take three Rams to your shore house, who are you taking? 
Ooh, okay. I'm definitely not taking Goff because I think I look too much like him. Um, <laughs> okay. Like people, people tell me all the time that I look like Jared Goff, unless that might actually. You know what? I'm bringing Jared Goff so that people will come in and be like, "Hey, are you Jared Goff?" And I'm going to be like, "Yes, I totally am Jared Goff." <laughs> um, I'm going to bring Jamon Brown. Uh, because I actually covered him when he was in Louisville, okay. and I think that we would have a really good time together, and I think he's a good dude. And then uh, the last one is LaMarcus Joyner, uh, because I want a crazy guy in the house where if anybody even thinks about touching our stuff, he is going to absolutely freak out and just, you know, handle business. I think LaMarcus is one of my favorite guys to watch in the entire NFL. All like right. Um, so um, we, we, we asked all our guests this. If, if you're in the 2016 draft and, and you were the Rams picking number one overall, was Goff the right choice or are you taking your guy Carson Wentz? Yeah, I'm taking Carson Wentz. Um, and that, that, I don't think that's because I'm a biased Eagles fan. I think there was this no, – and what's funny is me and Connor actually made a bet on this. We bet on draft night that we would look in three years and see who is the better quarterback – Carson Wentz or Jared Goff, and the loser had to give an authentic jersey of the other one to that guy. So I'm, I'm excited to get a Carson Wentz jersey soon because we can be honest here. Yeah. Um, I, think that, I think that Goff, we were, we were sold something. We were sold that look at how great he is under pressure. Look at how awesome he is when the blitz is coming and he can throw it off one foot and he can throw it up and, and all that stuff. We overlooked that it was a Cal offense. We, we didn't look at hand size. We didn't look because that supposedly doesn't mean anything. Meanwhile, size is a skill. Um, we, we didn't look at how they were as leaders. Now, I don't think Carson Wentz is perfect. Like, I just watched their preseason game again, and I watched them overthrow, like, three passes. So that's Carson's issue right now. I think Goff's issue is, we haven't really had any moments where we go, see, see, that's why we drafted him number one. Whereas Carson has had a few moments where you go, damn, that was really special. And I see that he could be a franchise guy. The first drive against the Cowboys in week one of the preseason for you guys, I went, you know what? Golf looks a little bit comfortable here. Uh, even though, even the play that turned into a touchdown, the fumble, I, I love that route concept. The two receivers go to the outside with a guy underneath. Goff put it right on his numbers. It was great. I'm still waiting, though, for a few wow plays because you're the number one pick in the, in the draft because of wow plays, and I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I, I think you bring up a great point. Um, I just want to let you know that Blaine and I would not have met and we probably wouldn't be here today interviewing you had we not been the only ones on the Carson Wentz to the Rams bandwagon. <laughs> really? So how did this happen? So like a Twitter thing? Yeah. I yeah, it, it happened over Twitter. Um I don't remember exactly when Blaine started uh you know all about Carson Wentz because I didn't know him until then. Um but yeah. I actually said he's the best quarterback in this draft back in November. So the senior bowl had not happened yet. The season wasn't even over yet and I was like this guy he, he's just, uh, I would take him in a heartbeat. And I'm like, and that was back when he was like, we could get him in the second round. And I'm like, 
I was telling everyone because I live in upstate New York. I was telling all these Giants fans, I'm like, you better hope none of your division rivals get this Carson Wentz guy. They're like, Who, who's Carson Wentz? I'm like, I'm telling you, he he he. Right now, he's a second round grade, um, but I would take him number one overall. They're like, you're kidding. I'm like, no. He's like, he he has everything, and I just. To me, I like Goff, and I know a lot of our Rams fans are going to hate what I'm saying right now, but it seemed like a no-brainer. It seemed like they traded up because Carson Wentz's stock went way too out of their range. And it seemed like a no-brainer because he fit what Jeff Fisher was trying to do. Um, Jeff Fisher had had a FCS quarterback that worked out pretty well, I would say, in Steve McNair. Um, Oh, yeah, he was the original. Yeah, so I, I just felt as though... With with Gurley trying to be like run first, I felt Carson Wentz could kill you with his legs and his mind and his his arm. And really, just overall, you're looking at a player that is just far beyond uh, where Goff is at mentally, um, leadership wise. His arm, I think, is underrated. I think his his football mind, I believe, is underrated. I mean, he he makes he can make all the throws, and he's mobile, and he's big. He's kind of like yeah. a he's he's a little bit smaller than Cam Newton, but he's kind of got that big body. You could be yeah, looking I at the next. To, I hate to do this to all of your Rams listeners because I know this sucks. Like, because I've been an Eagles fan and like, man, like like the Chip Kelly era. I I was all in on Chip Kelly. Like, he won ten games in his first year. Nick Foles had thrown twenty-seven touchdowns and two interceptions. And if anyone told me that Chip Kelly was going to bomb out, I was like, you're crazy. And so I know that this sucks. I think, though, that the one thing that I didn't realize that people actually go to the team websites and read news. Like, I didn't know this. Like, I didn't know that people actually went to, like, the NFL.com slash Rams and were like, I don't know. Left Need says Jared Goff is the quarterback of the future, and they believe it. And, and then I started meeting people who are like, well, the coach says, well, the GM says. And I'm like, why are you listening to them? Like, it's, it's marketing. It's public relations. That's what they're supposed to say. And it sounds like you guys actually went and watched. And I think, so I I don't get upset at fans because look, there are a lot of times with the Eagles where I, I buy it wholesale. Even if it's a bill of goods, I end up going, yeah, but I don't know. I think this is going to work because we're fans, you know, that that's what we do. But I, I think that Jared Goff can still be a player. I really do. And I think, the most important thing was surrounding him with smart people and talented people. And I think they got that. I think Jeff Fisher, it was going to be tough. I mean, Jeff Fisher hasn't had a lot of other than seeing their rookie quarterbacks. And I think also when you look at older coaches, I think it's harder for older coaches to work with rookie quarterbacks because they want them to just fit into their system. Whereas Younger guys, we see all the time, younger guys are willing to put in the work, and that's in every industry. That's not just in the NFL. And I think you, they didn't surround Jared Goff with any real teachers last year. I, and, and I think now he finally has it, because I would love Jared Goff and Carson Wentz to both be good. I would like in five to ten years, they're battling it out for NFC titles. I would love that, because I think that they're both good kids, and and L.A. versus Philly would be fun. You know, it takes me back to 2001, Sixers-Lakers. But I just I, – I don't see it yet, but it doesn't mean that we won't see it in the future. I have a lot more hopes for him than I do Paxton Lynch. I have a lot more hopes for him than I do – shoot, Ryan Mallett's bum ass. 
Like I, I think that I think that there's potential in golf, and I and like I, I kind of look around and I go, man, there's not a ton of young quarterbacks in the NFL. The only thing I'll say is this year's quarterback crop that just came in, all of them look good. Yeah. Like every game that I've watched, Deshaun Watson looks good. Uh, I even saw Nathan Peterman, the late round pick for Buffalo. He looks good. Mahomes has shown sparks. That's Trubisky, my guy. I mean, I mean, Trubisky was an absolute baller in that first game. And then I'm missing another uh, Deshaun Kaiser. Deshaun Kaiser looked good. So that's the tough thing too is if Goff doesn't play great and all these young quarterbacks come in, I think Ben Lesney is definitely done because uh, then it's kind of like you you sold the whole ship in a very shallow quarterback draft, which produced Dak Prescott and Carson Wentz, and you took the wrong guy at one. But I hope he's not wrong, but we'll see. So last question, how many wins for the Rams in 2017? Ooh, all right. So you guys are playing what? The NFC East, and what's the other division you're playing? AFC South. AFC South. Okay, so that one's pretty good. Uh, But the AFC East is going to be tough. I look at your division and I go, I think the Cardinals are going to be good. I watched the Seahawks last night and I'm, I'm not going to lie. They may have just gone to number one in the NFC for me. Uh, they look really freaking good. Russell Wilson looks great. Uh, I don't know about offensive line, especially with, with Fant going out. Uh, I look at the Niners and I go, okay, you, you guys could beat the Niners. Um, that's going to be a hell of a game. That's going to be a hell of a rivalry from now on. Shanahan versus McVay. Yeah. Those games could be like 40 to 41. It's going to be great. I'm going to say that you guys are, this is without looking at the schedule and stuff. To me, you're, you're, a, you're a five-win ball club. That's kind of where I see you right now. Um, it, I think for me, the, the Donald uh, holdout will be huge and telling. Um, I just, I don't think that you're ready at a few key positions to really make that jump. Um, but I do think by the end of the year that we're going to have people going, you know, next season, this Rams team starting to put it all together. Uh, and Hey, I hope I'm freaking wrong. I'm hoping you guys win 11 games and Jared Goff makes me buy Connor Rogers a Jersey. That would be dumb. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think if they can start to show some promise, they're probably still two to three years away, but if they can show some promise, I think Rams fans will be happy, but, um, we'll, we'll, we'll let you go. We really appreciate you taking the time, um, today and, um, enjoy your weekend. Yeah, Adam, uh, thank yeah. you for reading there, our article. And are too. there any other weird questions that you got for me, like random, like anything that you would want to ask me for sure? I'm, I'm happy to do it now. Um, hmm. well, if, if you don't have anything, Jake, I'm, I'm, I'm out of questions. But if you have anything, go ahead. Adam, what's your favorite, uh, whoa, big off season of basically uh. ever since you started doing that? Yeah, so for people that don't know on the podcast, we do, whoa, big off-season because I get really frustrated when uh, the media takes hold of stories and it becomes really popular. So back when I was like a young guy, like in my teens, and I would be rooting for the Eagles, there was, there was this receiver every year for the Eagles. His name was Nay Brown, and he wore 85, and his name was spelled N-A, and then every training camp – it would go, Nay Brown hasn't dropped a ball. Nay Brown has changed up his diet. Nay Brown has been working out in the sand, like all of these things. And every year I would buy in, and then every year he would stink, like when the regular season came around. And I just, I got fed up because it's like, 
it's so easy to get hyped up when you hear that a player has adopted a new workout regimen regimen or has decided to like, you know, he, he works extra on the jugs machine after practice. Um, I think my favorite thing is the amount of players this year that have gone vegan because of the documentary. What the hell? I think it's real on Netflix. I think it's really funny to me because as fans, we assume that these guys have diet, like dietitians and nutritionists, or that like you would think these teams, billion dollar corporations can like tailor like specific meal plans for each of them. And then you realize that like Adrian Peterson and Theo Riddick and all of these guys are just like, like Jimmy Graham, like they're all watching these things and they're going, you know what? I'm going to change my diet. And it's like, man, this is crazy. Like, like Tom Brady, I feel like it's all scientifically picked out what he's going to have. And, and these guys like Russell Wilson, he changed his diet and lost like 15, 20 pounds. I think it's, and then you look at someone like Ben Roethlisberger and it's like, he doesn't diet at all. So it's just, it's, it, that's been the funniest thing for me. Uh, I'll also end on this guys, keep kicking ass, keep doing your podcast, keep answering everyone's texts and emails and questions. You guys are good at this and it's a lot of fun. And I think that when we first started doing Sims and Lefko, we were just doing it and everyone at the company was like, I don't know why you guys are doing this. Like, it's kind of fun, but whatever. And now we've probably done like 170 shows like in total. And it's, it's reached this point where I got flown out to LA to do like, to try and get sales and advertising for the podcast. And people are sending us like, um, like new theme songs and, People are making like t-shirt looks and stuff. And all you guys have to keep doing is care about this and keep doing it. Because if you don't care about it, it's not going to be good. And if you stop, it's never going to get picked up again. So keep doing it. The Rams are at a great point for you to really become the podcast for the Rams, just because I'm sure a lot of people jumped off the ship. And if you stick with it, it'll be great. But I appreciate you having me on and keep kicking ass. Sounds good. Thanks, Adam. Really Thanks, Adam. Really appreciate time. All right. That was Adam Lefko. Um, really great guy. Um, re- really passionate. Um, one of our, our, our better guests, I, I, I'd say. Um, and you, you see why he, he's good at what he does um, and, and why he co-hosts one of the better podcasts on Bleach Report right there with, with along with uh, Stick to Football. What were your thoughts, Jake? Yeah, I really enjoyed talking to Adam uh, because he's so down to earth and he makes like the way he, you know, he he, he had so much passion in his answers and just the way he talks. Um, it's really cool because believe it or not, I firmly believe this is the case with something. Um, I have heard podcasts where someone has had a guest. And then that guest was on another podcast and the passion was way more with the bigger one than the smaller one. So if Adam did that, fine, you know, like I wouldn't have had an issue, but Adam brought the same fire, the same, you know, passion that he brings to, uh, Simpson left go, um, you know, that he brings to, uh, the it's what did you say the crossing podcast yeah yeah uh crossing broadcast yeah he uh, he's he, he does a lot and he came to our podcast and he knew the rams roster he he, he came prepared which, which is which was i i, I appreciated and, and and respected because it's not easy to know 32 teams um front to back and he's pretty knowledgeable in in it all and he, exactly I mean, uh, well, 
like like you mentioned in the interview, interview, you know, he sat there and watched film with with, with Chris Sims and you know learned learn this stuff, which is which it isn't easy for someone who hasn't you know who isn't who hasn't lived in lived in the game and you know played the positions and and everything like that. So for him to you know have that experience sitting with a guy like Chris Sims is is, is pretty cool, um, and he showed that knowledge in the interview, um, but. Moving on to our segments, um, I want to get into, get into this one. This will be one that will be every week um, throughout the season. Um, every Monday we'll, we will do it. Best and worst. So every game we're going to do our best and worst from that weekend's game. So what was your best player play um, that you saw and your worst player slash play um, that, that, that you saw? I mean, it doesn't have to be from the Rams game. It can be from any any game. But, I mean, I guess, I guess we are Rams podcast. If you want to focus on Rams, that um, I guess would make sense. All right, so my best and worst, the the best play, I definitely would have to go with the Cooper Cup uh, play. Um, just because there was so much into that play that caused him to get open on the right side of the field. McVay kind of used um, basically the, the element of shock as everyone's moving to the left. <laughs> The Raider defenders are all moving to the left, and they don't realize that Cooper Cup is sliding out to the right, and he was the only player on the right side of the field. So it was a beautiful play. Um, that was the best. Um, and it, I would honestly, if I had to do one that wasn't the Rams, I'm going to give a shout-out to George Kittle, a guy that we interviewed um, in the pre-draft process. He caught a, a nice pass out of the fullback spot. And he ran a couple guys over into the end zone. Three catches, 33 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, not a bad uh, you know, day for him. Um, and then my worst, I would probably have to go with Janikowski sliding and kicking the ball. I mean, he <laughs> hit the field goal. But did, I don't know if anyone saw yeah. that. But he literally yeah. did the sliding kick. Um you know, I wouldn't even say that's the worst. The worst is you replacement graded referees last night, and uh, the broadcast was awful. I mean, if anyone heard that broadcast, I, I don't know. Matt Millen was his name or whatever, and yeah. I think Doris Burke was announcing or something. It was awful. Total. Just it was so one sided. And like, you know, we heard the Rams broadcast team last week, and while those are Rams guys, it wasn't one-sided, you know, they still, they still, you know, like they broadcast, they, they, they report both sides. So, you, you know, ha, do, did they have a lean on the Rams? Yes. But these guys were just unbearable. I totally that is why it. it's, that is why it's the preseason, but um, my, my best, um, I it would, like, I have to agree with you that the, the Cooper Cup play was, was, was awesome. Um, however, I'm going to go with, you know, it, it was good to see Todd Gurley get going. So his touchdown was big to see. So I'm going to give him my, my, my best. Um, it, it's at, last week fans started to kind of stay concerned because it, it seemed like, you know, it was a lot of just one yard get tackle running into guys, same as last year. And, and but, um, Last night it seemed like he finally got going, and he did end up getting getting in the end zone, which was good to see. Uh, my worst, I, I mentioned it, I, I kind of touched on it before. Troy Hill, um, Michael Crabtree beat him like no other last night for for, for for a long touchdown. So he's he's getting my my worst award. Um, so next next um, 
segment is pretty similar, um, kind of different, stock up, stock down. So whose stock would you be buying right now and whose stock are you selling? Um, the stock I would probably be buying would be in the Cooper Cup. I know you're probably not quite <laughs> on that yet. Uh, but I think Cooper Cup, if you're into fantasy football, he is an obvious pick if your league is uh, PPR. Uh, I mean, he's, he's going to get probably – he's going to catch six or seven balls a game, I think. So um, I would say Cooper Cup. And how many stock ups and stock downs are we doing? Just one. All right, so Cooper Cup's my stock up. My stock down, I would say Troy Hill. I think he played his way off the roster last night, if you want my honest opinion. Wow. All right, um, my stock up is going to be um, – Jared Goff, <laughs> um, last after last season and last week's preseason game, you know the Sean Mannion should be the starter. Chance, not, not chance, but the echoes from Rams Nation were that they were echoing. Um, but for him to come out complete sixteen of twenty passes, he was in some sort of like I, I don't know if he was in the zone or or what, but he was on fire. Um, sixteen of twenty for one hundred sixty yards, very efficient, um, taking what, what the defense gave him. Just looked like a totally different quarterback than than what we've seen in in the past. So hopefully he, he keeps that going. So I'm, I'm going to buy his stock right now because um, I, I think with McVay, with the addition of Sammy Watkins, um, there, there, there's a good chance for him to take that next step um, going into the regular season. The stock that I am selling, I am also going to sell. Um, I, I'm actually I, I'm going to sell Nelson Spruce's stock just to you know to take that side. I, I don't think he's going to make this roster. It's going to be very very difficult. Farrell Cooper is making making plays. You and I didn't have him on the roster before the preseason. I I, I think he finds his way on, on the roster. Um, Spruce hasn't been all that I guess. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? But that that impressive. Um, and and for him to make the, the roster, he he really needed to be. So I don't think he's 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 going to end up making the making the final roster. So I'm going to sell his stock right now. Yeah, it's it's a shame because I honestly don't I don't blame Spruce or Paul McRobertson. I, I honestly think um, Sean McVay is being a little like Jeff Fisher with the receivers. I'm not going to lie. Um, I if you look last night, where was Katie Cannon? Where was Paul McRoberts? Where was Nelson's? These guys didn't even get a chance last night. I, I don't even think I saw them once on the offensive side of the ball. So it kind of stinks because it's like it seems like the six are already made up and Michael Thomas is going to be an addition uh, because you can tell he really likes Michael Thomas and Michael Thomas will be an addition uh, when he gets off his uh, four-game suspension. But I, 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 I guess I, 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 I don't think it's fair to say Sean McVay is being Jeff Fisher like with, with the receivers. I, I think he's playing the guys that have been impressive in camp and in practice. And um, I mean, Katie Cannon has been with the Rams a little over two two weeks. Um, Paul McRoberts, like I, I, I guess, it didn't help with the starters were out there for the entire first half. Um, so you, there's only so many reps to go around in the second half. But calling him Jeff Fisher, it's it, so but like like Farrell the... Cooper has been getting a lot of looks in camp. Um, is, is, is as much as I agree or disagree with that, but um, I, I guess the point is like like McVeigh is seeing these guys day in and day out. If he thinks that they know the system or better for the offense, then I'm going to um, tr- trust his judgment. But our last segment, um, you kind of. 
got on me last time for skipping it, thinking I was dipping out and hoping you wouldn't notice. But I, I'm back in it this week. We are doing some Rams trivia. So I hope you're ready, Jake, because I have a very difficult question for you this week that I really don't think you're going to get. So here we go. In Game 3 of the 2010 NFL preseason, Sam Bradford threw his first preseason touchdown pass against the New England Patriots. Who caught it? You know, this is tough because I know who caught his first regular season pass, and that was Laurent Robinson. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Rams preseason Game 3... Uh oh! Did, 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 did I stump Jake? Did I, did I finally stump him? Huh, let's see. You, you're, you're you're gonna kill me when 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 I when I tell you who it is. You're not telling me because I have to try. I I, 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 gave, I, gave, I gave you a huge hint. Like you're gonna you're gonna kill yourself or not give it. Well, not, maybe not kill yourself, but you're gonna be frustrated with yourself when you when you find out who it is. Because I I gave you a hint. You gave me a hint though. I, I gave you a hint, and I mean you, you, you'll get it when I when, when I tell you. How'd you give me a hint? It was his nickname. Oh, I just flat out missed it. Then. You just flat out missed it, yeah. You know, I have a weird feeling that I know who this is, and you're gonna hate me if I if I actually get it. Um, I could be completely wrong, but I think it's a tight end that's in the NFL right now that's not on the roster anymore, and it's Michael Holman Aonui. Jesus Christ! Yep. Yep. Hell yeah. yeah. Michael, Michael, uh-oh, I'm Aonui. What was the hint, though? I said, uh-oh, I think I stumped you, Jake, and that, 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 was, my, that, was, my, that was kind of my hint. I said, I said uh-oh. Oh, that, I said, uh-oh. That would yeah. never, that yeah. would, that went right over your head. Well, okay, so Jake 3, Blaine 0. What, what, what's your Rams trivia question? Oh, boy. Um, you know, I should really think of these ahead of time. <laughs> you probably should. Pulling something out and then just destroying <laughs> you with it, because that's just not right, but... Back in 2009, who did the Rams draft in the second round? Um, can you give me a hint of the first round pick was? First round pick would have been was that was that Chris Long's year? Uh, 2009, I believe, was uh, Jason Smith. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. I am going to go with it wouldn't have been Saffold. Um, my other guess would be Lance Kendricks because he was a second round pick. Um, Is that your final answer? You're gonna like kill me. Um, I, I know it's not Saffold or Kendricks, but is, is is it one of those two? No. No. Okay. I I I, I give up then. James Laurinaitis. Oh, James Laurinaitis. Okay. Okay. Wow. So I, I, I always I, I always zero. Forget, it's three zero. Four zero. Okay, four zero. Um, but uh, that's your boy. I, I though, always isn't I, I, oh, you I love yeah I, lo- I love Laurinaitis, but I always forget that he was a second round pick because he was like he was. Really good at the Rams, like I, dude. I, I always... thought you were gonna pick Donnie Avery. Was was he a second round pick too? Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He went, oh he, went, he, went, he, went, he, went he went before. He would he would have been <laughs> he, he would have been before Deshaun Jackson. He he went before Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, Donnie Avery was two thousand eight second round pick. Yeah. So was Saffold twenty ten and Kendrick's twenty eleven? Uh, Saffold they drafted uh, to complement Sam Bradford, so that was yeah. twenty ten. Mm-hmm. Um, and then twenty eleven. Uh, that was Kendricks, I believe. All right, so um, 
with us said, um, I'm down 4-0. We're playing to 10. Um, Going to need a massive comeback because this, this first half of this trivia has not gone well on my part. I either, either have to think of more difficult questions, which, you know, I, I thought this one was pretty difficult, but um, I guess I need to come up with even more difficult questions. But with that said, that just about wraps us up. Um, Jake, do you want to take us out? Yeah, so obviously, um, you know, I, I thought it was a great show. Um, stay tuned. We have our show coming on Friday as well. Um, and also, you know, we have plenty of things going on. Uh, we have that giveaway that we mentioned, hundred, uh, five star reviews and you can get an Aaron Donald Jersey or if you kind of are off the pay the man bandwagon, totally fine. Uh, we can give you a Sammy Watkins Jersey instead. Um, wow. We're really nice. I, I just thought of that, we but are. anyway, um, so yeah, if if you can give us a five star review, that would be awesome. Uh, you know we're we're at thirty four, I believe thirty five. Uh, so though it's not as far as you think, but if you want that jersey before the season starts, uh, better get on that because we're not exactly on pace to do that before the season starts. But with the help of you, we could be. So uh, for Jake Allenbogen, he's playing Greasack. Uh, we're signing off, but we will uh, see you or talk to you on Friday. And uh, with that being said, enjoy the rest of your week. Yeah, see you Friday, guys. Oh,